what I see is that God takes care of justice as an end in itself, that we don't get to build justice as an end. But what we're called to is to be just people, and that the way we go about being just people is by engaging in practices that make us more just. Welcome to the Student Life Update. It's your Monday morning dose of everything you need to know for the week. I'm here with Michelle Lang, our campus pastor. Hello. And I guess I'm John Sampson. Uh, you are. <laughs> didn't say that. So, Mich- Michelle, as we get started, mm-hmm. it's uh, pumpkin spice season. Is pumpkin spice, is that a yes or a no it's for a no, you? John, no, it's No a for no. anything or? I mean, just across the board, I don't like it. I'm a sweet potato girl, but, you know, I don't do it in the drinks and the Starbucks and stuff. I don't do it. Yeah. I don't do it. I, I do believe maybe it's my uh, growing up in Texas, but pumpkin pumpkin spice belongs in pumpkin pie. Really nothing else. And that's it. Yeah. May, maybe a bread. Yeah. But the, the the reason I'm torn, John, is because I like a lot of people who like pumpkin spice. <laughs> so you're not judging. So I can't wanna... just not like pumpkin spice because I like so many people who like pumpkin spice. But yeah, I'm I'm good on it. Well, maybe I'm thinking about this because I, I read an article yesterday that said that there were students at a Baltimore high school that were evacuated uh, and some were treated because uh, because of a strange odor. Uh, so a medical uh, medical technicians evaluated some of the staff members and students and uh, treated them and were in hospitals for precautionary measure. As it turned out, it said the strange odor was coming from a common seasonal source. It was an, a plug-in air freshener that is pumpkin spice. <laughs> So uh, I think that we've had too much pumpkin spice. Oh, around, so. man. I just didn't know where that story was going. That yeah. was a relatively safe landing. <laughs> so but, here's a good transition for us. Let's okay. see if we get this. There's also something else that people say doesn't belong together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have uh, pumpkin spice and air fresheners or dog treats. I think there's pumpkin spice dog treats. Um, yeah, but that's too far. People also say, wait for this, faith in politics. Also. Yes. Faith, politics, and pumpkin spice. That's, that's hard. But we've, we've got some great conversation going on and some coming up uh, mm-hmm. this, this week in campus that we say do. exactly the opposite, that the way we view politics, uh, the way we live in the world is deeply embodied within our faith. So um, I'm looking forward to Luke's conversation. You heard a highlight of that up at the top of the podcast before the music played. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about what's coming up? Absolutely. We're looking forward to Luke's book discussion, but... Also coming up this week, here we go. The men and women are golfing at Coastal Collegiate Conference on Monday. There's a cookie baking contest in the dining hall at 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Intramural soccer at 10 p.m. on Tuesday. You heard that right, 10 p.m. Fun with FAFSA at 12.15 uh, on Thursday in the Student Life Center. And the Student Senate will meet at 4 p.m. in the Student Life Center on Thursday as well. There is intramural soccer in the gym at 10 p.m. on Thursday. And then we move on to Friday with men's soccer at Walla Walla University and women's volleyball here versus Eastern Oregon at 7 p.m. Coming on into the weekend, on Saturday, we have cross-country at Lewis and Clark. Invite in the morning. Women's wrestling at Grays Harbor College in the afternoon. Volleyball here at 5 versus the College of Idaho and women's and women's and men's soccer here at 745 and 945 respectively versus Eastern Oregon. 
Lots of exciting stuff going on. Lots of stuff. It's a busy week. It is. Uh, we also want to let you uh, keep you up to date about uh, some of the transitions that happen and some of the people who join us. And so we want to let you know that uh, Eddie Ortiz, our cross-country and track head coach, is also moving into our student activities coordinator role. So he'll be helping with Res Life, College Activities Board, and Intramurals. So congrats, Eddie. We're glad to have you in a broader role, and we're we're excited that he's going to be doing, doing some other pieces on campus yeah, as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Welcome, Eddie. So we, we had some stuff happen this past week. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Founders? Yeah, a little bit of throwback. Um, uh, we had a successful Founders Week and Fall Break, praise the Lord. Um, more than 70 people actually came to the birthday party, alumni, Res Life on Monday through it, and it was uh, awesome. Uh, if you missed Dr. Cook dancing at the nighttime <laughs> madness, then your life is incomplete at this point, and you should go find the video. Yeah, there's, there's photos. Everything. You just got to go find it um, because it may never happen again, but it it happened once. And then we raised um, $15,000 was donated uh, from 86 nights contributing. That includes faculty, staff, students, and alumni. So well done, everybody. Yeah, it was was an exciting week. I think there were a lot of great stuff from the... Even the ribbon cutting and the chapel address and everything else. There's some All good stuff there. Right. We had we have tons we had tons of alumni come to the chapel and we got to hear from Joel Tallman, uh, who has been an, who has been a consistent contributor uh, to Warner um, and came to just kind of share his story, which I think yeah. was great. Our students needed to hear like a connection, like yeah. when you leave here, what what is life what can life look like? And then how does um does coming back here and staying connected look? You know, in the real world. So I think yeah. Joel did a great job with that. That's great. And now, as promised, here's a portion of my conversation with Dr. Luke Goebel. He's an associate professor of history here at Warner and the chair of the Division of Arts and Letters. And we're talking about his new book, Worshiping Politics, Problems and Practices for a Public Faith. Now, I was interested, and most of the book is is kind of structured around these, the problem of, um, mm-hmm. and so I'd, I'd love to maybe get, you know, tactical for, you know, our staff listening. As you're talking to a, a group of kind of student life staff uh, on a faith-based campus, uh, serving our students, as you look at those kind of problems and practices, is there a specific one that kind of stands out as, as one that we need to be thinking about on our campus in terms mm-hmm. of serving students well, um, and in terms of just even our personal formation? Yeah, Totally. Well, I think we do some things right. I think our emphasis on service, especially, and relationship and diversity and being in the community um, goes a long way because I'd say the two problems that I think are bo- are the most um, significant paradigms in the book are what I call the problem of self-deception and the problem of formation. And one of them is kind of the... Um, diagnosis and the other one is kind of the cure. And really what the problem of self-deception talks about is how we're really creatures who are first emotional and what I call affective, right? That, that we are formed deep in our consciousness by our experiences, by our bodies, by our emotional reactions, by our environment, and not primarily by information, even though the way that we tend to format education is through information dissemination. But there are just all kinds of psychological studies that show over and over that people with the right information rely on intuitive decision-making that comes from another source, what Jonathan Haidt calls moral, our moral foundations, mm-hmm. these, these kind of six different antennae or areas through which we 
process the world. Um, so we need to, to think about that and how, you know, on questions of politics or social issues, how we all have been formed previously. What are the, con- what are the contexts in which we've been formed? What kind of media, what kind of educational experiences? Because in, in trying to bring a Christ-centered perspective or a diverse perspective, then the, the formational kind of soil and environment is way more significant than the information. So um, one of the things that shows up in the problem of formation is this idea from um, the philosopher James K.A. Smith, um, what he calls cultural liturgies. And what he means by that is that we are worshiping creatures, that we love things and we do the things that we love. And there are things in our life that shape those loves. And we might say that we love God or we love our neighbors or we love the church. But um, if we're going to the mall and watching TV or on social media, those contexts are also shaping our loves and really the sort of context of our worship. And so thinking about it in that way, if we're, if we're not intentional about what's shaping our loves, it's going to happen unintentionally through other means. And so thinking really critically about the kinds of things that, um, the kinds of environments that we're in and the kinds of contexts that we have to shape ourselves and our students is really important. Another piece that you, you talk about here, and I don't have a great uh, summary paragraph, but I'll, I'll let you summarize because you wrote the book. Um, I feel like the problem of justice um, is is one that just seems to resonate with a lot of the conversations and work that happens on our campus. Um, can, you, can you share a little bit about kind of that that space and, and what you're talking about there? Definitely. Um, I'm going to talk about this in chapel on Tuesday on the 10th and kind of expand, I think, what I, what I wrote about in that chapter. Um, there are two, two main points that I would emphasize. One is that justice is malleable to any political or social project, right? Hitler was trying to achieve justice. Stalin was trying to e- achieve justice. Any political program can claim justice and some version of justice as its inspiration. So in that way, justice is dangerous. And I think a lot of what's happened um, in Christian circles is that we've taken an externally derived idea of justice and then measured what a church or community is doing in relationship to that externally derived notion of justice, rather than looking at what does God call us to do and be that's internal to scripture as revealed truth and internal to the witness of the historic Christian community. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, what I see is that God takes care of justice as an end in itself, that we don't get to build justice as an end, but what we're called to is to be just people mm-hmm. and that the way we go about being just people is by engaging in practices that make us more just. Now it happens that in the Bible, those practices are most often uh, 
living in solidarity with and serving the poor and the marginalized. So in the Old Testament, um, the words that are used to talk about justice are very, very often connected directly to um, what one philosopher calls the quartet of the vulnerable, the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the stranger. And so justice has some connection to being with those people. And I, and I think in the New Testament, we see that all over, you know, in places like Matthew 25, where it's talking about whatever you do to the least of these. It, I think it's really making an allusion to those passages about justice. Like you want to do justice, feed the poor, um, visit the imprisoned, you know, clothe the naked, and not in a way that you're good because you served people, but by being with these people, they're going to reshape your consciousness Mm. so that your perspective on the world is going to be so challenged that your view of justice is different. I really appreciate uh, hearing from Luke. Sitting down and and talking with Luke, I feel like I just need to sit and really uh, ponder or process, um, you know, from from formation to justice. These these are not... uh, light topics. These are foundational. And so, so it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah. I'm really excited to like really hear him at chapel, but more so at the uh, book discussion lunch that's happening. Cause mm-hmm. we get to, we get to hear, you know, some of his deeper thoughts on that, which mm-hmm. I'm excited about. I'm excited about any time that Warner allows um, his staff and faculty um, to have sort of an expanded voice. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that's a, a great thing that we do here. Yeah. I also would love for us to think about as a as a staff that that kind of concept that he had of that we are we are formed by um, our experiences we're formed by our context and what does that mean about not just the information of formation that happens on this campus but the context of formation mm-hmm. I think that's a really powerful thought to think about so. it is. Well, um, as, as we close out for this week, um, one more just reminder, we have uh, our Board of Trustees is on campus this Thursday and Friday. So um, some of you will be involved in those meetings. Um, others will see people uh, going back and forth. Feel free to stop someone and, and, and say hi. I'm sure they would uh, love to meet you. Um, but we just want to let you know that, that they are here, and so that'll be a part of, part of our life uh, this week on campus. Yep. If they're in Kardatsky... I'm definitely going to sneak down there and grab some bacon. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> Watch out, board. You can edit that out if you need to. Yeah, I'll get your bacon. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's Student Life Update. Again, let us know um, if there's anything that, that you think needs to be shared. And press on. Here we go. Peace out. Peace out.